You gotta understand something here. This music is the glue of the world. It holds it all together. Without this, life would be meaningless. so crazy about it's just music thousands of bands hundreds of stages many sleepless nights i'm greg cott and I'm Jim DeRogatis. We're back from South by Southwest, the music conference in Texas, and we're going to bring you our report from Austin, sharing all our favorite bands. That's all coming up on Sound Opinions. You're listening to Sound Opinions. I'm Jim DeRogatis. And I'm Greg Cott, and we are here at the South by Southwest music conference in Austin, Texas. 31st time this has taken over the Texas Capitol, Greg. My 26th year in a row here covering the festival. 27 for me, Jim. It's uh, unbelievable. You're older than me. Two centuries worth. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and why do we come here, Greg? We come here because this is the biggest uh, music conference in North America. 2,000-plus bands are descending on Austin this week, in addition to tens of thousands of uh, music industry types as well as tech industry types converging on this town uh, to uh, hold panels and to see band showcases, to get contracts signed, to get deals made, and uh, to pontificate about the future of the industry. There's a lot of that. I've got to say that uh, for at least half of my 26 years, the corporations and the chaos have made it a challenge to find the heart and soul of the music at South by Southwest. A challenge, but not impossible, which is why we keep coming. This year, however, it's been kind of restructured as an overall almost two-week-long branding conference where health and food and the digital interactive, which has overshadowed music for years now, and film. Oh, yeah, and then there's some music, mostly to entertain (laughs) the corporate types from all those other... uh, interactive uh, nonsense things. I find it easy, though, to escape all that because there is this industry bubble at the convention center. And then you go see a great band, you know, blocks away from the convention center, and you realize, oh, that's why we come here every year. I I think there's a large contingent of the people who are here look at music as something to enhance marketing. And that's, that's... We are old school. That has never been our view. Music is a reason for living, pure and simple. I found some. I know you did. We're going to find more. And, and sharing it, sharing our discoveries with the listeners is the best part of this show. Yeah, Jim, besides the bands, uh, there was also a lot of musicians here who had a form to speak out in public. Uh, among them, uh, Chris Novoselic, the former bassist in Nirvana, uh, speaking about a topic that people may not realize he's been very involved with for the last couple uh, decades. Yeah. Voter reform, election reform. Uh, and he spent a, a good chunk of his panel uh, speaking about this, and then he told some great stories about, about the old days. And we had an opportunity to sit down with Chris soon after that panel concluded. Chris, you just spoke about Hello, Jim. politics. You know, redistricting and fairnessing, fairness in voting. Yeah, it's about um, 
changing the way we vote, making things more inclusive, giving voters sovereignty, citizen sovereignty, and uh, allowing people to vote for and elect, basically elect candidates of choice and not go through the process of gerrymandering where elites, partisan hacks, political insiders cook the maps to benefit themselves. Um, you have been working in the dirt, in the grassroots on this for your entire post, pardon the expression, rock star life. Yeah. It matters to you. I'm sticking with it. I started doing it like in the, about that time, 1996, recognized that the system's broken. And so I discovered this group, Fair Vote. That's about 1996 yeah. I discovered Fair Vote. We're trying to get it, get it more on the radar, and it seems like we're gaining a lot of traction right now. So you're, you're mobbed coming out of that room after your talk at South by Southwest, and uh, kids want to have their picture taken with you. They, they were all 20-something. They were not as old as yeah. me and Greg. Um, or and, me. <laughs> or, well, all of us. We are the same age. Right. Um, and, and uh, you know, I teach at Columbia College in Chicago, and I have all these 22-year-old kids. And uh, they're not impressed by anything except when I say, yeah, you know, I, I talk to Nirvana, right? Um, that music, we grew up, the three of us, in punk rock, assuming that our lives had been formed and changed by punk rock. Are you seeing, Chris, a new generation that is having, uh, that that's lives are being changed by rock and roll, their thinking is having an impact? Or is it just you were a celebrity, let me get my selfie with Chris? Yeah, I don't know. I, I'd have to do that on a case-by-case basis. I still get that line. I've got it forever. Like, well, uh, Nirvana changed my life. So, like, thank you. And I, I appreciate hearing that. So we'll see what, you know, what people are into. I don't know. And people are on along for the ride and whatever they get out of any kind of music. I love music. And I listen to music like every day I play music. And so however you want to connect with it and however you want to connect with Nirvana and whatever, you know, I was in Nirvana, and I get to talk about, like, election reform to a whole <laughs> full room at South by Southwest. That's because I was in Nirvana, not because I'm necessarily, yeah. you know, some law professor or anything. Yeah. I think, I think what you said today, you said some really good stuff in terms of recognizing the humanity in the person behind the label, the Republican, the Democrat, I wonder how that applied to music, because I remember when you guys were starting out, Kurt was adamant about us and them, and there was very much a divide between, you know, you, you knew who the enemy was, or the person who was not, did not speak to your values. But you're saying now, adv you're advocating sort of, let's, let's figure out a way to, to work together. Yeah, I mean, that's just the way I feel right now, and uh, I'm just... I don't have the energy to be aggravated. I don't have the energy to be flipped out about Donald Trump. I just have the energy to be positive and try to have as much fun as possible. <laughs> That's where I put my energy. Chris, you have always been one of the most self-effacing people I have ever interviewed. So after this incredible experience where you are, briefly, one of the most famous rock musicians in the world right and still people still cry when they see you and you changed my life and all this stuff right you went back to college yeah. after me i remember when i visited you in seattle when in utero was coming out you were so proud you'd only bought two things with all that money from from Nevermind, two jukeboxes I, you know rock stars like excuse me again don't do that they don't go back to college and they don't go go canvassing for state senators well, I don't know. You know, I'm just a. I guess I'm supposed to be a rock star, and I, I, 
I try to be one the best I can. Even though I was at this uh, libertarian conference, sitting next to this economist, who said he looked more rock and roll than I did. Like, who's the economist and who's the rock star? I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. So. The, the one question I thought somebody would ask, and they usually ask of somebody who's been experiences yourself in, in music and other things, if you had to talk to your 18-year-old self now, what advice would you give that guy? Oh, my gosh. What would it be? <laughs> Go to bed early. Go to college Don't early be the maybe? last one at to, out the door at the party. I always was. Yeah, go to college. Yeah, go to college. So, All right. Well, thank you, Chris Novoselic, for taking some time at South by Southwest. You're listening to Sound Opinions. I'm Greg Cott with Jim DeRigatis. We're reporting here from uh, Austin, Texas, the site of the South by Southwest Music Conference. We just got out of the keynote speech by Nile Rogers, founder of the band Chic, performing uh, some guitar parts, uh, showing how he wrote yeah. the guitar parts for Get Lucky. And then I have another guitar part on top of it going... And also speaking about the state of the music industry, he talks about wanting to write music for a million strangers. That was his goal in life. Touching his, a million souls, that's what right. he said. His guitar teacher uh, informed him that you're a big snob. You're coming from this jazz and classical yeah. background. It's time to write some pop music, uh, Niall, and that's what Niall Rogers devoted his life to. Because that was so profound to me. I wanted to learn how to speak to the souls of a million strangers. I wanted to learn how to develop my voice that could communicate to people when I actually wasn't in the room. I found it a, a schizophrenic speech, Greg, because I think touching a million souls comes from your own soul. And then he was bragging about how many Nike commercials he'd made and that the future of music is branding. I am unapologetically old school. I, I resent the amount of branding at South by Southwest. So half of his speech was about touching people and how at 15 he was given LSD by Dr. Timothy Leary <laughs> and, and, and opened him up to the, to the universe, right? And then the other half was about uh, uh, selling out. You know, there's no other word for it and, and, and being pragmatic and making a career. And the best people that I've seen so far in one night at the clubs and that I intend to see over the coming three days... Uh, are making music because they can't imagine not doing it, and it's not this careerist path? It's a, it was a strange message to hear, but I think a pragmatic one. Uh, I, I, you know, he was trying to give the impression, I think, that uh, he has uh, abided uh, by this uh, rule of thumb for his entire career, that he, you know, don't be a snob. Get your music to as many people as possible in whatever way is possible. The industry is changing. The record companies don't have any, any money anymore, but the car manufacturers and the filmmakers still do. So why not work with them? Partnerships, he emphasized that idea. Yeah, yeah, partnerships. You know, the whole idea of, of creating music in a vacuum is anathema to him. You know, it needs to be heard in order to come to full life. Whatever you need to do to get it out there, he's saying, go ahead and do it. Nike commercials, I've done Budweiser, <laughs> beer commercials and stuff like that. So the, that in today's world of partnerships, that I think that a lot of these brands that are out there are gonna start to use music the same way they use in Japan. Like in Japan, uh, 
you can break bands with a new product, with a really cool television commercial. You, you know, like uh, when I first started gigging in Japan, I used to notice that they, they'd give the artist credit right on the television commercial. And this was like 25, 30 years ago. Well, he is a great artist. There's no denying that. Don't get me wrong. Look, I remember the days when you'd have Lucinda Williams and Johnny Cash and uh, Steve Earle. Uh, as keynotes, uh, uh, you know, uh, giving this message of we're here in opposition. I wanted more opposition. You know, there was one line at the end of the speech, now more than ever we need some art, you know, and Roland Swenson, the director of South by Southwest, set it up and said, you know, art is why we're here and what's holding us together and what will keep us together. That's the message I want to hear. That's going to be my South by Southwest, what I'm looking for. Jim, I think that message of the power of music to unite was on full display with the contraband showcase. That was a lineup of bands representing the majority Muslim nations targeted in the Trump administration travel ban. Somalia, Sudan, Iran, uh, these countries had bands and artists on that stage. You heard it all week, actually, yeah. at South by Southwest. A number of bands, a number of artists speaking out about this issue, but it was more focused uh, that particular night. The first band to take the stage was a soul band, Basel and the Supernaturals, led by Syrian-American Basel al Mudami. I asked about what he hoped the showcase could accomplish. Well, I think it's a big deal to have a showcase like this on, an, on a national platform. Um, you know, especially the Syrian community and a lot of the Arab and Muslim communities have been fighting a lot of the issues and racial profiling that's come up in light of this ban. And honestly, a lot of the work that's been done over the last 16 years since 9-11 to address the perceptions of the Arab and Muslim communities in the U.S. So I think by being part of South by Southwest officially in this respect gives us the opportunity to present this on a national platform and to say, look, this isn't an acceptable per, uh, point of view to to ban an entire group of people. We provide so much uh, to this country, and uh, that's what I'm out here to represent. That was Basel El Mudani of Basel and the Supernaturals talking about the contraband showcase at South by Southwest. Greg, now it's time to get to our favorite part of the annual South by Southwest show when we come back and share with the listeners all the music we found and loved down in Austin. You know, generally speaking, Greg, we try to uh, split up and see as many bands as possible. We don't share our lists with each other in advance. And you always have this look of sadness on your face <laughs> when, when we do happen to wind up in the same place at the same time. Disappointment, I think, is the word. I, I guess, I guess. <laughs> uh, maybe you just don't want to be with me after all these years on Sound Opinions. We did wind up together at the small club Maggie Mays for this band, Dude York. Um, you know, the club was capacity 50, but this band played as if there were 5,000 people in that room. Yeah, I like the fact that they were having fun with the whole idea of being an arena rock band playing in, in front of, like, uh, a, you know, a few dozen people. At 8 o'clock. And, 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 you know, the songs justified it. They remind me a lot of uh, early Weezer, sort of that power pop, uh, you know, flair with melodies, but also some theatrical touches. You know, there was a moment where the bass player and the guitarist were sort of playing each other's instruments, you know, in yeah. the middle of, like, a big solo. Well, and this is a Seattle trio, and the, the, the climax at the end of their set was full-on Nirvana, <laughs> you know, throwing the instruments around, feedback. It was wonderful. So they're trading vocals, Peter Richards on guitar and uh, Claire England on bass and a great drummer named Andrew Hall. Uh, great tight pop songs and uh, a really fine uh, record uh, recently released uh, called Sincerely. You know, it was produced, uh, you know, 
very well and very precisely by a guy named John Goodmanson, who's worked with a lot of really fine bands. But I thought the the performance blew away uh, the recorded music that yeah. we saw. And it was yeah. a real revelation to see this band. It is. But this is a song from the record. It's called Love Is by Dude York on Sound Opinions. After a short break, more of our favorite bands that we discovered at South by Southwest. Stay tuned. That's In a Minute on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and PRX. Welcome back to Sound Opinions. I'm Greg Cott with Jim DeRigatis, and we're here at the South by Southwest Music Conference in Austin, Texas. Uh, only a couple days in, Jim, you and I have both seen 
a couple dozen bands, it seems yeah, like. Yeah, at least. All, all bands all the time, 24-7. Our producers are looking tired, but we're pretty fresh we're, this we're morning. We're fresh-faced this morning. Uh, last night, uh, closed out my night with some uh, a bunch of good bands, actually. I saw this uh, uh, a band, uh, actually a, a one-woman band uh, named Forever. Uh, you know, beautiful vocals over the top of these electronic textures. Uh, Valerie June, an artist who uh, it looks like she still lives in the early part of the 20th century, evoking mm. all this music from the deep south and channeling these voices. She says, you know, I, uh, you know, sometimes I see a, an old white woman singing or a black man or a child, and I try to uh, do justice by that voice that I'm hearing in my head. And then closing out uh, my night last night with She Devils, uh, this wonderful uh, electro uh, band out of Montreal uh, that sort of uh, did this time warp thing, uh, putting us back into a cabaret, but a post-apocalyptic mm. cabaret music that evoked uh, bands like Suicide from the 70s and Soft Cell from yeah. the early 80s. Um, there was a lot of shoegaze revival on my first night, both from the left coast and the uh, and the right coast. Uh, you know, two highlights were a band called Froth and a band called Creepoid. I saw a group from uh, the UK called Let's Eat Grandma. <laughs> Not only the best name like this festival, but but the music was great. I'll talk about them more later. I think my other big highlight, though, Greg, my biggest discovery of the first two days was a band from Lima, Peru, a quartet called Mundaka, who uh, were crossing uh, early 60s instrumental surf music with the Feelies. Uh, and I got a chance to sit down with them. Okay, I'm Rodrigo. I'm the singer and uh, guitarist in here. And I'm um, Lucas, and I'm the bass player in the band. Okay. So, the guts to come all the way from Lima to Austin, Texas, to perform for 40 or 50 people who really enjoyed the show, including me, with nothing on but swim trunks. <laughs> this is a brave move, boys. Well, thank you. I think... Well, we were we were thinking about uh, about our show in Lima back uh, like a, a couple of years ago. Uh huh. Thinking how that we how could how, how could we make a show just not just with music but another thing that could be visual. So we said, okay, our music is like kind of summer, like yeah. Uh, we got reggae influences and also surf surf rock music. So why don't we go why don't we go out to the concert with our how do you call them? Bathing suits? Swim trunks, bathing suits, yeah. Okay, so we made it once. People laughed a lot, but <laughs> it was like, oh, they remember Mundaka, the guys with right. the swim. The guys with the in, the, in the bathing suits, yeah. Of course, yeah. So I think we adopted, like, a, that's our image. Yeah, yes. all right. So you came all the way to America from Lima to do two shows. Yes. Is South by Southwest a worthwhile experience for you guys? Yes, it is worthwhile well, well, because it is like we are exposing our music to other people. That's one one part of it. Yeah. But also because we get like just by playing, we get the pass for the full festival, and we uh -huh. get to see a lot of bands that we love. Right, right. Uh, so it's so fun as well as it's fun. It's interesting. We get to see conferences. We get to go see bands. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the show is uh, like a small part of it.
That was Insomnio by Mundaka, the uh, the combination surf and feelies band from Lima, Peru, Greg. You know, the enthusiasm of these kids in their mid-20s traveling so far to come and play their music in Austin. It, it, every time I get super cynical about the industry that is there to suck money out of music, uh, you meet a band like this, you hear them perform, and they blow you away. Only one album to their credit so far, Sonata Tropical del Artico, and the song's on that. It's a great tune. Jim, I want to talk a little bit more about the She-Devils, uh, this great duo from uh, Montreal. Uh, I got went to see them at a, a club that was, uh, it reminded me of like a Berlin cabaret from the 30s. It's almost like where this band belongs in some wow. ways, you know. In Texas. Yeah, kind of very um, nocturnal, obviously, uh, poorly lit. Uh, it was a perfect setting uh, for this particular band. Uh, Kyle Juca has these vintage keyboards up there on stage that he plays with, gets all sorts of noises and sound effects out of them, as well as playing some uh, more traditional kind of melodies and rhythms on them. But the, the whole thing is kind of very disorienting, reminded me a lot of the that great Lower East Side New York City band Suicide ah. from the 70s in their sort of stark, creepy minimal, minimalism. And the vocalist, uh, Audrey Ann Boucher, she comes up there almost looking like a a mannequin that stepped out of a boutique fashion store window. She, mm. you know, had this kind of uh, vibe about her. That she, she's pretty, but there's also something creepy about it. And and when she would sing uh, these seemingly innocent lines, like, I will give you a flower and it will shine in the nightlight. And then there was this element of repetition about it where it became creepier and creepier the more she would sing it. So you, it was a, it was a hypnotic sort of effect, and also kind of disorienting and a little bit scary. Uh, so the music had this cumulative power that I really enjoyed. Uh, it, it sort of created this very stark minimalist world, and uh, then these melodies would appear that would stick in your head for days. I found myself haunted by these songs, and and <laughs> and they really weren't that elaborately constructed. I just thought they you were had just some very bad powerful. barbecue when I ran into you. In fact, you were haunted. Yes, I was. They've got a self-titled uh, debut album coming out, and here's a track from it, The World Laughs, from She Devils on Sound Opinions. Check. 
Sea Devils with the World Laughs, one of my favorite bands from South by Southwest. Jim, what do you got next? I said it down there on the streets of Austin, Greg. Best name of the festival, which is always saying something mm. out of 2,000 bands. Let's Eat Grandma. And they were <laughs> as good as uh, their name when I saw them perform. I had to spend half the show out on the street until I finally got into the club. The crowds, as always, were chaotic. It was the BBC showcase. And uh, uh, this is a band that really has a buzz in England. Two 17-year-old young women from Norwich in East Anglia, Rosa Walton and Jenny Hollingsworth. They've been friends since the age of four. They started making music together at age 13. And now at the ripe old age of 17, their debut album, I, Gemini, has come out. We just talked recently on the show in the One and Done episode about uh, Young Marble Giants, these, this ultra-spare, minimalist, uh, brilliant pop with strong female vocals. I very much had them on my mind, maybe because we were just talking about them. But these two women do so much with so little. The vocals, a little organ, some rudimentary percussion, maybe a clattering tambourine in the back, and yet it's a, it, it's a gripping and fascinating sound. Uh, this is a song, Deep Six Textbook. They'd released it as a single. It's also on this new album, I, Gemini, on Sound Opinions. Textbook by Let's Eat Grandma on Sound Opinions. How could you have not seen that band, Greg, with a name like that? You're right. I I, I feel disappointed already that I, that I missed it again. Um, the, the next uh, artist I want to talk about uh, calls herself Madam Gandhi. She's uh, actually Kiran Gandhi, and uh, she is of Indian descent. Um, but uh, primarily out in New York City, now lives in Los Angeles. She's an activist. 
Uh, she's also an electronic music artist. She was a drummer uh, for a number of years. She's played with some pretty heavy-duty uh, groups, uh, Thievery Corporation. She was uh, MIA's tour drummer. Mm. Very good, very accomplished drummer. Incorporating uh, her live drumming with electronics and her vocals. Uh, her track, The Future is Female, uh, became a viral hit in the wake of the 2017 Women's March uh, a few months ago. Um, the uh, EP that she has out is is quite good, but I think the live performance was, was something else. It was the first great thing I saw when I was at South By. She came out there uh, with, a, you know, this agenda to... Use the platform that she has to speak out on contemporary issues. And you and I have been talking about this um, earlier in the show, the whole notion of what are you going to use this music for? I mean, it's, yeah. we're not living in, in normal, quote-unquote, times anymore. This is, we're, in a, we're in an era of crisis right now uh, all across the world. You know, it reminds me, Greg, of a show we saw years ago, uh, another one of those rare opportunities when we both came together at one show, mm-hmm. and there was this young woman who had just gotten off the plane, made the show by 10 minutes. Her name was M.I.A., yeah. and then LCD Sound System played their first yeah, show. Pretty extraordinary uh, time back then, and uh, this was an extraordinary set by uh, Madam Gandhi. Here's a track from her, Yellow Sea, on Sound Opinions. Gandhi with Yellow Sea, one of my favorite acts from the South by Southwest Music Conference. As always, we want to hear from you. Did you attend South by Southwest this year? If so, who were your favorite discoveries? Give us a call on our hotline, 888-859-1800, or connect with us through Facebook or Twitter. We'll be back after a break with more of our discoveries from Austin, Texas, on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and PRX.
Welcome back to Sound Opinions. I'm Jim DeRogatis. I'm here with Greg Cott at South by Southwest in Austin, Texas. It's the morning of my last day here, uh, but I'm feeling good. I had a great night last night, Greg. I know you did, too. I saw a wonderful band from Scotland uh, called The Spook School that reminded me, uh, the Buzzcocks, they said, were their big heroes, but they reminded me of a cross between the Vaselines, that childlike exuberance, and Pansy Division with the queer punk activism. Uh, just a, a wonderful, exuberant band. And then I went to church. Now, you and I, we love St. David's Episcopal Church. Yes, indeed. You can sit down in the pew and lose yourself in this fantastic sound. I saw an artist called Sorn, S-O-R-N-E, all caps. Morgan Sorn, it was uh, it was very Diamanda Galas, some sort of weird combination of a uh, black mass and a uh, Easter purification ritual. I that that made my evening. What about you? Saw so about a dozen bands on Thursday, Jim, uh, starting with the day parties um, in the afternoon and well into the wee hours of the morning. Uh, the best thing I saw last night and the best thing I've seen all weekend. One of the best things I've seen in the last decade of going to South by Southwest was a band called A Giant Dog. Now this band is uh, well known to the locals here. Uh, but I have not caught up with them yet. I finally did, and I wished I had seen them much sooner mm. after seeing this performance yesterday. A giant dog with a song called Sleep When Dead. I love the name of this band. It is it is so suitable for them, you know? A big shaggy dog, you know? <laughs> and, and and it kind of bumps into you, but you know, you can't help but love it. And it, and it, and this band is is similar in that way. They get your attention. 
they seize you by the by the throat and say, "Pay attention." Yeah, I had the same giddy feeling seeing this band that I did when we saw Art Brute like a decade ago, oh, yeah. South by Southwest. You just walk out of there with a big smile on your face. And as I said, uh, a band that has been playing in Austin for a decade, um, I'm, uh, I'm mournful that I did not see them sooner. But they had a record out on Merge uh, label last year, their their third album called uh, Pile. And I hope it gets them all their, the attention they deserve. Sabrina Ellis is a great singer and front person. She's a magnetic, dynamic personality. I was writing down things like Freddie Mercury in my notebook, you know, <laughs> that same kind of, you know, flamboyant showmanship with a great punk band uh, behind her. Uh, wonderful rock and roll from the South by Southwest Music Conference. Thanks to a giant dog. Thanks for my number one memory of wow. the festival. Well, you know, Greg, we don't uh, intentionally avoid Austin, Texas acts when we're at South by Southwest. Important to remember, when we started going, I'd say the first four or five years, both of us were down there. It was uh, mainly uh, intended, the festival, to highlight Austin talent. Mm-hmm. And then other bands came in, too, right? Um, you know, I've seen some great Austin bands through the years. I discovered the Black Angels before their first album down there. But I haven't had an Austin discovery that good since then. Uh, I had one this year, too. You had a giant dog. I had Sorn. Morgan Sorn was born in Tallahassee, uh, Florida, Greg. He was raised in a Christian household. His mother was an opera singer. Uh, she discovered early on that he had perfect pitch, a truly extraordinary voice. He moved to, to uh, Texas in 2007 to paint, to uh, compose, to collaborate with other artists. He's since had films uh, that showed at the uh, Austin South by Southwest Film Festival. Uh, he's done this performance art. He's been acclaimed for his visual art. He works with a dance group known as Woven Feet. They have <laughs> white binding on their feet. Uh, this guy is like this this uh, renaissance man. He writes in his bio, Greg, it's as if Jean-Michel Basquiat, Daniel Day-Lewis, David Bowie, Jeff Buckley, and Bjork got together and had a baby. Except it's more sinister than that. He's released five albums so far. Um, the first was called House of Stone. Then all the next four are also called House of Stone, Death One, Death Two, Death Three, <laughs> Death Four. Are you seeing a, 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 a theme here? Yeah. He's he's not nearly as scary in person as he seems on stage. I got the nicest response after I, I reviewed the show. Uh, a tweet from him thanking me and also a tweet from his mom. So <laughs> Sword can't be that black mass satanic if his mom says thank you for writing about Junior. Um, Really impressive stuff. This is uh, Golden Death Chant by Sorn on Sound Opinions. I wanted to scream today But I can't keep time And I missed my chance To have a leadlessly At the roots and nails of your hungry dance I wanted to save you from The knife you drew to pierce his throat Feeling overwhelmed By the sacred signs that adore Blue light, blue light, rain on 
Cheerful little ditty, Golden Death Chant by Sorn on Sound Opinions. Greg, what do you got next? Jim, I've got a band called Cherry Glazer, and they've been bumping around L.A. for the last four or five years. Clementine Creevy started the band in her bedroom when she was 15 a few years ago and uh, done uh, a number of projects since then. Uh, Her songwriting is, uh, you know, feminist and at the same time uh, accessible in terms of her influences. You know, you, you, you hear some bikini kill in there, you hear some some punk rock, but there's also a melodic side to it that allows her to go tender uh, on the ballads. Um, live, what a revelation. Uh, their third studio album just came out, Apocalypse it's called. And I liked it fine. It, you know, it was produced by Joe Ciccarelli, who's a veteran producer, who's worked with everybody from My Morning Jacket to U2. Mm. Kind of polished them up. And they lost some of that verve that I was expecting. But man, on stage, this woman is a spitfire on guitar. And um, it sounds like she's got about 500 voices in her head, too. And they're all, they're all coming out at the same time. So her, her vocals are, can go from these very soft, whispery uh, kind of insinuations to these screaming, ranting moments uh, that really raise the hairs on the back of your neck. Really vivid powerful live performance, very strong quartet on stage, blew me away as a live band. Uh, Here's a track from the latest album. It's called Trash People from Cherry Glazer on Sound Opinions. Terry Glazer with Trash People on Sound Opinions. Again, one of my favorites from South By. What do you got next, Jim? Well, the last one I'm going to highlight, uh, Greg, is a band from Edinburgh, Scotland. They met at the uh, University of Edinburgh in 2002. 
2012, uh, put out their first record, Dress Up, in 2013. The Spook School, I mentioned them earlier. Uh, two albums so far, a third full-length expected later in 2017. The exuberance of this band, uh, much like you were just saying with Cherry Glazer, while delivering a heartfelt and, and very angry political message on stage about the uh, the wrongness of, of the notion of binary gender and, and about gay rights, uh, queer power. It was really inspiring uh, musically and politically and just and, and they were having so much fun. Mm -hmm. You couldn't not have fun in that room with the Spook School. This is a track from one of their earlier recordings, Speak When You're Spoken To. I'm really looking forward to that new album. Here they are on Sound Opinions. When you're spoken to by the Spook School, good stuff. As always, discovered at South by Southwest, Greg. What do we have on the show next week? Next week, Jim, we have an in-depth interview with a legend, Mavis Staples. Looking forward to it, Greg. Sound Opinions was produced by Brendan Banizak, Evan Chung, Alex Claiborne, and Iona Contreras. Long-distance information Give me Memphis, Tennessee On Sound Opinions, everyone's a critic. So now it's time to hear what you have to say. New messages. Hi, my name is Francesc. I'm calling from Chicago, Illinois. I'm actually an immigrant from Spain, and uh, Chuck Berry for me was uh, very inspirational in my teenage years. Uh, I actually learned English because uh, hit music and other uh, musicians from here from the United States, and I always wanted to come to the United States to live the American dream. So basically, for me, Chuck Berry is the American dream. 
and I'm very sad that he passed, but I can still enjoy his music and his legacy forever. Thank you very much. This is Andrew from Richmond, Virginia. I grew up on rock and roll. The greatest gift my dad ever gave me was uh, was music. And my children's stories were Give Me Shelter, All Shook Up, and of course, Johnny Be Good. One of my earliest memories in life is listening to my dad play and seeing Johnny Be Good for me on the guitar. Um, and that rhythm has stayed with me ever since. Now I have the privilege of, of playing the same song to my daughter and my son. Thanks for everything you do, and um, keep up the good work. Hello, this is Eugene from New York City, and I wanted to call in and say I really appreciated the great job on the Chuck Berry show. I enjoyed, in particular, Ed Ward's discussion and the thought that there were many tributaries that made the river of rock. The discussion about guitar ground zero interests me because every time I see Chuck's licks, I think back to a predecessor. Sister Rosetta Tharp, back in the 1930s, did brilliant work standing up and playing a guitar uh, with licks that really clearly influenced a lot of folks and I know she's gotten some credit and I don't want to overplay the connection but there's a uh, YouTube video of her playing I believe the name is Music Up Above you really get a flavor for, for that influence Hi, this is Mike from Doylestown, Pennsylvania, and I was just digging, uh, listening to your Chuck Berry special. It was great, except I take exception to one thing. Every critic has been saying how wonderful school days is, all the freedom it talks about. I submit that the better song, which is exactly the same as school days structurally, is no particular place to go. It's even the same opening uh, D uh, augmented chord and the same format, but instead of talking about the freedom and getting out of school, it talks about the, probably the first rock and roll song to ever talk about sexual frustration. And you can hear it in the stop choruses, because instead of having the band constantly play behind him, Chuck stops while he's singing the verses, and you can hear it in his voice when he goes, Can you imagine the way I felt? One of the great first frustration songs ever. Otherwise, it was a great show. Thanks a lot. With no particular place to go. No more messages. To share your opinions on Sound Opinions, call 888-859-1800. 
We'll be back next week on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and distributed by PRX.